You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes. Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Rated PG-13. Welcome back to the Legends Lounge. I'm True Withers. With me in the lounge today, we've got former St. John Redstorm. He was an all-star defensive player of the year with the Indiana Pacers, as well as the NBA champion with the Los Angeles Lakers. We've got Meta Sanderford Artest with us. Meta, thank you for stopping by the lounge, man. Absolutely, man. Thanks for having me. How's everything going? Oh, of course. I, I can't complain a bit. How are you? Everything is great, man. Just relaxing a little bit and you know, chilling out. Everything's good. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. I'd like, like to like to jump right in with our legends. I'd like to know what was your welcome to the NBA moment? Uh, my uh it was a couple moments, but I guess like you know, when you get drafted, just going on the stage is probably for sure the welcome moment. Right. Um then you know, having the ability and uh being blessed to be able to be in the building during the draft, that was really cool. Mm. Yeah, I didn't go lottery, the lottery is top 13, everybody wanted to go lottery. Right. So that was like Something I didn't understand why I didn't go lottery, but but then you know at the 15th pick you had the Knicks, and at the 16th pick you had the Bulls, mm -hmm. and you know you can't really get more lucky than that. Also, so it was great. But were you? I mean, you had to be a little disappointed to not go to the Knicks at 15. Yeah, I'm. 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 Uh, yeah, I got a pretty solid memory, and it's unfortunate because I'm still bitter about that. Yeah, you know, yeah, I'm still bitter about not going to the Knicks. I mean, that's real. Like, I, I feel like a lot of people. Like, I guess what's the bitter part? What's that come from? Like, the bitter part just come from the city. You know, I, I mean, sometimes you feel entitled, especially like as an elite player, like I was coming out of high school. Mm. You know, I got the record. I got three record championships. I got a high school championship, twenty-seven and zero. You know, I got like Gun Hill. I got Gershwin Park in Brooklyn. I got. Mm. Nike Pro City, mm -hmm. and then I went to St. John's, and it's like go to the next. Like everything's in the city. UDC right. Championship, Millbank Championship, you know, uh, played everywhere, and it's just like that was the bitter part because it, it was just, you know, fighting for the city, and then and then you see that New York didn't win in a long time, mm -hmm. which is the reason why I went to St. John's and St. John's playing the Garden and stuff. So, but but I'm still happy for the Knicks. Mm, definitely. So yeah. what? I guess it's around draft time now. What do you remember about like going up into the draft? Like we hear about teams giving guys promises or working out, shutting down workouts. Like, what do you remember about just that that entire process? I mean, going going to the draft. I mean, like even even before the draft, before like the draft, up to yeah, the draft. Yeah, it was actually a really good experience, man. You know, I'm coming from St. John's, and then I'm, I remember going to Seattle to work out. I think I went to Minnesota to work out. Okay. Yeah, actually, I did because Wally Zerbiak was there and Jane Posey was there at that workout. Um, and I always say, like, we played a game. I, I won some games, and then um, Wally Zerbiak wanted to play one more game, and I was like, I should have just left it alone. Then he beats me in the last game. He goes in with the soda number eight. I'm like, man, I should have never played against him. Yeah, yeah, could have been you, man. You could have been eight. Practice was over. Yep. Uh, ready to go. He wanted to play again, and I already, I already won. 
And anyway, <laughs> but um, you know, those are those are great memories. That's like right before you're about to get paid. Right. You know, that's it, it, you know, if you if you are an elite player, like you know, it's about to happen. You know, uh, it was like a bunch of stuff that at that moment I remember being like, "Oh wow, this is really really happening." You know, like well, what? Like what? What's something that that stands out in your mind that was like, "Oh wow." I mean, I would I would probably say um, I would probably say you're about to actually be on the NBA team. You know, like that's kind of crazy. And then you know, a lot of your legends is there. So every day you're thinking about getting better. Then you're thinking about, "Oh wow, Malone is still in the NBA." Jordan's not in the NBA at this time, but you know other people are there. So I'm gonna be facing all these people, you know, right, that you grew you up know, watching. It was just like crazy, yeah, yeah. So okay, you mentioned like the uh, you know being at the draft was kind of your welcome to the NBA. What was your on the court welcome to? Was it like looking up against one of these guys, or what? What happened where you was like, oh wow, I'm really here? Oh, uh, I think on the court, I always go back to a time when. I knew I wanted to be tough, and I, would go, I remember going and seeing like Alonzo Mourning arms, or you see Carl um, Malone arms, or mm-hmm. who else? Really, Dale Davis, <laughs> these like guys. David Robinson, yeah. Oak Oakley was I, no Oakley was almost okay. out. I played with mm-hmm. Oakley, but it was like I think Patrick Ewan. I might have touched, but playing against Patrick Ewan, I played against Akeem Olajuwon one time. Like you know, that was, it was just crazy, you know. Like yeah. And you so and you knew they were older, so you wanted to show respect, but at the same time, it's like you want to actually like play hard, and you want yeah, you want to make your mark. You want to make your mark and show them you there. And so that was I played against Charles Barkley one time in a gym in Chicago. He came. I played against him once, open run, summertime. Mm-hmm. So that was like that, that was really cool too. Right. Um, to play against Barkley. Was what was he like? Just playing? I mean, I know he he had to be talking all kind of trash. You know, Barkley was older, right? So he was he was retired. He, he was uh, there. MJ was there. Barkley played, but he wasn't really like trying to kill. He was right. he was obviously strong, but you know he wasn't playing no more. You know, but right. it, was like, it was it was pretty cool. Pretty what about Jordan? I feel like I know if he's playing, I feel like he's probably going one hundred percent, right? Jordan was going one hundred percent for sure. Like Jordan when he was playing, that was nine two thousand, I think, when Jordan played the year before he came back. Before, and, yeah. And he uh, he averaged twenty five that year, but Jordan was just insane. Like Jordan, at that time, at thirty eight, I think he was at that time. He was playing very well. He was playing very so, well. So, did you know at that time, like he was playing to get back in shape to come back, or you didn't? He was just you were just getting some run in. Oh, at that time, he announced it already, so we knew he was coming uh, to get in shape. Okay, everybody was there. Like a lot of people was there. You know, um, just. I guess contributing to Jordan's, you know, comeback. You know, everybody that's playing. It was a great a bunch of great ballers. Jack mm. House is there. Finley came. Walker, young LeBron. I was there every now. I was there also. I was there a lot actually. Um, and then there's a couple other people. Uh, I can't remember who else was there, but it was a couple other people. How yeah. do you find that? Like, I, I feel like those aren't runs that everybody gets to know about, right? So, how, how do you find? How do you get that exclusive invite? Well, they invited me one time, and they kept inviting me back. Is it, <laughs> it straight from MJ? Yeah, yeah. They kept inviting me back, man. They kept inviting me back because you know that run. You know, I was there every day, and I don't. I don't think I was like the best skill, but. You know, I was playing defense for sure. Yeah. Right. Now, uh, you know, that's off season. We get, just got to the NBA off season. 
what does like as a former player, what does your offseason look like? Like I know there are some people that we see them like get right back to it. They're back in the gym. Some people take yeah. a month break, week break. What so what, what did that look like for you? Um well for me when I was younger, I'd get right back into it. I'm not wasting no time because then you, you go on vacation or whatever. So you know you all you can always take a week off. Right. You know, you're always gonna take two weeks off and some somewhere. So I never really took time off because I know like some days I'm probably going to miss like the weekends, you know, right. um, so I got right back to it. But when I got older, I started to take like three weeks, but three weeks is like a long time, you know, like, yeah, because I got, I got summer league. I got, I got um, the New York City tournaments, you know, mm. so I, I didn't I never wanted to go out of shape going into New York City summer ball. Right. So I always try to stay in somewhat, somewhat shape. So were you doing like, because I've heard people, some people, like when they start back, they do like cardio or boxing and stuff. They don't even touch a basketball for like a couple weeks. Was that your style or yeah. you were you were always getting some work in on the court? Um, When I got older, I started, to, I mean, to maintain, you would do like swimming, you know, you could do um bike. Right. Working, you know, maybe get some shots up, you know, maybe just light light shots. Yeah, nothing major though. Maybe just running all the time. That's 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 too much work. And you're younger <laughs> right. you can do it, but it's like a lot of work. And you can hurt yourself. Like you yeah. gotta come back and play against like NBA training camp against Definitely. NBA players. You can really you can really hurt yourself. For sure. Yeah. So that's that's more like the, the physical side of the off season. How do you like and you, you spoke openly about you know mental wellness? What does that look like mentally preparing? Like, do you just not watch basketball? Do you, what is that like you're getting your mental wellness in the off season together? What's that look like? Well, for, well, for me, you know, when I, when you're young, I mean, when, when me as a young player, it was just play ball, you know, right. just focus on the game. But, but what's really interesting is, um, I think some young players don't identify quickly enough that maybe, something's wrong in terms of sports therapy. Mm. So, and it could be anything. You know, you could be shooting really well in practice, but not shooting well in the game. Right. Or shooting well in the summertime, and then not shooting well when the season comes. It's not translating, yeah. Right. So from, from that standpoint, you know, that's where not only you're working on your shot, but then you work on trying to address, um, you know, work on trying to address how can you – how can it translate from summertime, you know, to the season? Right. And I think, you know, from that standpoint, sports therapy is very, very important. And sports mm -hmm. ultra performance, you know, especially like if you love the game, you know mm -hmm. what I'm saying? For me, you know, I never had a problem with heart, um, but sometimes I, I didn't hit a lot of big shots in my career. I got a lot of big stops, but mm -hmm. I didn't hit a lot of big shots. And that was something I always wanted to do. So I actually – started to talk to my therapist about this act, this mm. one specific issue, you know, mm -hmm. like actually, hitting the big shots. Yeah. Actually, actually going in the basket not just like, <laughs> right. I took them all. Like anytime there was a shot to take, I was always there to take it. Right. And even when I would miss, I would take it again. I don't care. <laughs> right. But it needs to start going in, right? It needs to start going in. So yeah. then later in my career, when you look at my playoffs that I had with the Lakers uh, run, yeah. Well, even before the Lakers, the Lakers was like, you know, that was cool. But that was even before that, the Sacramento-San Antonio series, mm -hmm. the Lakers and Houston, when I played with Houston, mm -hmm. 
those, those, you know, the, you know, I was, you know, I was coming back and entering in the playoffs because I was always a playoff player. But you know, when you're getting suspended and traded, <laughs> you just go to a team. <laughs> right. and it's out of your control at that point. Right. You know? right. Yeah. So what the. I guess what made you speak openly about like mental health and, and, and therapy? Like, is that something that you, you always like intended to do that you wanted to, you know, make an emphasis to do or just what made you be so open about it? I mean, for, you know, for me, it's just, um, I seen a lot of athletes before I got to the NBA, you know, just address certain things. You see someone get in trouble in the media. You know, like one time we seen when Allen Iverson got in a little issue in high school and I was, I was in high school. I'm like, Oh, I was like, oh, I wonder what's going on. You know what I'm saying? I wonder, I wonder what's going on. And then you know, so with Dennis Rodman was on Oprah, and you're like, oh, you know, I'm like 15, 16. I'm like, oh, I wonder, I wonder what's going on. And then it's like, then you're going through the same things also. So I was like, oh, wow, I can relate. I can relate to some some of these NBA plays, J.R. Ryder, you know, different things like that. Um, then when you get in, you are that player now. Right. <laughs> right. You're that, you're that athlete. So I was like, okay, you know what? Why, why shy away from it? You know, like, I'm not the first one to come into the league with, you know, this type of uh, aura, energy, you know, uh, passion, um, and also, you know, that hood mentality. I'm not the first one. I'm not the last one. But how can you, you know, kind of be the first one to like, say, hey, guys, you know, um, when you're in the game, you know, you want to focus on the game. When you have an opportunity to play, you want to um, – see it through because you know although like the nba the nba is great because you know just being you know black in america like we don't own a lot mm. right so we want to be in a position of ownership but with all that being said i feel like with the nba um it's such a big opportunity to play ball at the highest level definitely so when you see like when I when Iverson got in an issue in high school, he's like, "Oh wow, I wonder." At, at that time, I was wondering if he was going to be okay. Yeah, right. If he was going to be able to make yeah, it. He wasn't Allen like, Iverson yet, right? Like we we know it down the I line. But at that, that time, yeah, he was he was a 17, 18 year old kid sitting in prison. So right, it was like, so how can we, you know, put people in position of power where they're using themselves, you know? You know, with you know, certain certain different industries, I would like to see more entrepreneurs, you know, and do your own thing. But with the NBA, NBA just like it's an incredible opportunity, right? It's just like you, you're sure. playing against the best players every night. Right. Where else? Where else are you going to get that? Right. You know, where else? So it's like if you could keep your nose clean, you know, uh, focus on the game, mm. you know, special talents. You know, for me, I was a, I was a really good talent. You know, I was I was offered the max from Indiana. I never got the max, but I was in that situation where these teams, you know, and it's like don't lose those opportunities. You know, what I'm right. so that's why for me, I'm like, you know what, I've, I've experienced some things, and let me just <laughs> give it all back. <laughs> hopefully, right. someone listen that might be going off the Yuzzabub, and maybe they could, you know, make a better decision. Right, right. Now you mentioned like the. Uh you know, suspension and stuff earlier. What was your mindset, like your mental wellness going through that? Like just going, like, well, we know about the night, but after that, like while you're in the suspension, what, what was your mental mindset? What was your mindset through that? 
Well, I was okay. I mean, that one was okay. I mean, that one was a situation where when you look at the media and you look at what happened, you know, people don't normally, when, even when you go back in the time, back in when we was just slaves in the 60s or 50s or whatever the case, when we was coming out, but people still mm-hmm. wanted us to be. Right. If any, you know, second white person was to hit you and you hit them back, you're done. <laughs> right? You're going to be. Yep. <laughs> that is not, and people, it, not, yep. people wasn't that's it, right? People wasn't used to seeing, you know, a black guy, you know, hit somebody back right. that wasn't black for hitting them. <laughs> right. You know, people was like, what is this, man? And people yeah, was it, it was, it, we hadn't seen it before. Like you said, it, yeah, it, was, it, before, but it's it like, didn't yo, seem like a reality. Yeah. And even it was, and, and that, that was an interesting time. Cause even I had like a lot of my black friends saying, and these are guys that are like from the streets mm. saying, why would you do that? And I'm saying, do what? You know, somebody hit me. Do what? You would do the same thing. I know, and I know, like corporate people who would have done the same thing. Right. Like you go to a corporate person's office, a CEO, and some. You know, they're not going to just let somebody throw something out there on the court with Ben Wallace. That was like whatever. Like, you know, yeah, I could afford that. Happened, yeah. Whatever, right? But so, but so that that issue, I just clear that up because that has nothing to do with anyone's mental well being. Hmm. You know. That incident, but other incidences, yeah, you know, other incidences, um, yeah, for sure. Definitely. Now, we, uh, we've seen like the trailers and stuff, Untold Malice at the Palace, uh, produced by Jermaine O'Neal, is coming in August on Netflix. What was your involvement in that? Um, that's Jermaine's project. I'm just, okay. you know, Jermaine, Jermaine um, put together the, the documentary, and I'm just supporting him. Okay. Yeah. I'm just supporting it. I mean, you know, um, I'm really happy that an NBA player was able to get involved. I mean, yeah, I wanted to be more involved, but, you know, um, it's okay. You know, yeah. it's Jermaine's project. I, I support it, so it's cool. What, did it feel like a like a why now? Like, I'm sure you've been approached by people trying to do this, this in the past. So why why now for you? Well, for everybody has their story to tell with the bro. You know, Jermaine has a story. Um, he was involved just as much as I was involved, you know, um, obviously, I mean, I, I feel like I took a big hit for sure, you know, and I was, at, I was at the center of it. Right. So yeah, the center of the attention is probably going to take the biggest hit, mm-hmm. you know? Um, so, you know, so my mind is always, when you talk about the role, then I, I don't associate it with many other people, but there was a lot of people involved. Jermaine was involved. He lost money. Steven and Jackson lost money. Anthony Johnson lost money. Jamal Tinsley lost money. Yep. Um, you know, uh, and, and big suspensions. Ben Wallace got, I mean, he lost, he got spent five games, but that was just for basketball stuff. Yeah. Um, you know, and then like, you know, that from that standpoint, everybody got a story, you know, everybody got a story. Yeah. Now at the time since then, like, had you talked with Jermaine or Steven or any of these guys since then about it? Or had it ever came yeah. up? Or, yeah. yeah, we talked about it. You know, we had, we had a lot of discussions about it. I knew Jermaine was doing it. Um, we had a lot of discussions about it. Um, and obviously, it was a little touchy because this is a project coming out. And then we were talking about like different things we never talked about. <laughs> right. right. So we're talking about a entertainment project and also talking about things, personal things that, you know, that, that, that we've experienced together but never addressed. So it, it was cool. Jermaine's, Jermaine's a really great leader. You know, um, I always thought he's a great leader. And I'm I'm actually really happy for him because he he deserves like to be looked at as someone who does special things. 
Mm. When I was Indiana team, he was the young kid that kept everybody together, even though he was still young. Like we all were young, he, he was young, but he just came over from like Portland, right? He came from Portland the year prior. Yeah. And I came from Chicago, you know, and he was for sure ready to be a leader. You know, he's still a champion in my eyes. Yeah, for sure. So I guess what was the the toughest part, like just going through the interviews and all that? What was the toughest part to to think back on or to relive for you? <sighs> Not much, man. When you look at when you look at where we at here, here in America, you know, and <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> what are you gonna do? Man? You know, it's like things, these things happen, like these things happen, you know. Um, and like, once again, you know, I I couldn't have thrown a cup at myself, you know, <laughs> to start that incident. <laughs> right. You know, I don't, I'm not Stretch Armstrong. There's no CGI in basketball arenas. <laughs> right. You know no smoking mirrors. Yeah. It is what it is, you know what I'm saying? You know, it is what it is, you know, and we just try to get through it. We try to figure it out. Okay. Now, you mentioned in an article uh, last year that the, the incident in Detroit, you said it was an incident that would have happened regardless. Yeah. Why do, you, why do you say it? What do you mean by that? You know, sometimes, you know, sometimes when we look at, like, destiny or fate, right, it's like it will happen somehow or another. Like, you're going to be successful somehow or another, or you're going to go through an experience somehow Some or another. Some type of journey, yeah. Right, so that could have been in the club. Maybe somebody steps on my shoe and I punch him in the face. Mm. Right at that time. Right. Um, so you know, so it wasn't the Detroit thing. It wasn't the NBA thing. It was. Yeah, it, it, it just it just happened to me, and it happened to that person. Right. Um, I mean, and the NBA has. I mean, this is not the first incident for sure. With a, <laughs> well, I mean, we saw some this, this this playoffs. We saw you know fans throwing popcorn and spitting on Trey Young and all this. Yeah, it's just life, man. It's just it's just life, and you know you try to get through it. You know, this is life, man. We live in life. Right. We don't, we're not living in a movie, right? <laughs> yeah. Uh, switching gears a little bit, I feel like we're we hear more about like the uh, rapping ball players get talked about and we hear about like you know Shaq and Allen Iverson C Webb did some stuff I don't feel like you get your due right like you dropped the album while playing like is that something that you always you knew you wanted to do well it wasn't but see the thing is I'm from Queensbridge so like this is where hip hop is probably one of it's very recognized I'm from that place <laughs> so it wasn't like I was a rapper but it was just like, you know, y'all know what Queensbridge is about. You know, we have a lot of artists mm. and, you know, all those stories that you hear in the music, when you, when you hear about what Nas or Mob Deep was talking about as happening, I was living through that. Right. They were living through it also. As they started making music and putting money in their pockets, they started to, I still would see them in the neighborhood, but then they started to have cash. They started to move out. Right. I was growing up during the stuff that you hear about in the songs. Mm -hmm. And I wasn't necessarily like known as a rapper in the neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? I was known as a baller, a nice kid, mm -hmm. would fight if he has to. Mm -hmm. You know, dad would pop off if he had to. <laughs> but for the most part, you know, family members doing their thing in the streets. Right. Me personally, I was balling, but I was, I was outside when all this was happening. I was outside when the shots was ringing off. I was outside when, when people were getting arrested. 
You know, I never, I, I wasn't upstairs. <laughs> right. So with that being said, my album, I wasn't proud of it because, like, when I when I was gonna rap my first album, mm. um, it was gonna be very like uncensored. You know, it was gonna be a lot of. But when, when was I, like, how old were you when, when you wanted to do this? The first album, the uncensored the album. First, the first time I started rapping, I was seventeen. Nature wrote okay. Nature from the firm mm. with Knots. Nature wrote my first rhyme, and I said I wanted to start okay. my album because I had a lot in my head that I just needed to get out. Um, so I didn't want to write it though. But when I was in the NBA, I was like, oh wow, I was about I was talking about violence, gang banging, drugs, and I'm like, yo, I can't really talk about that stuff because I'm in the NBA. So when I'm in the booth or if I'm, if I'm writing my rhymes. I'm like erasing, erasing, erasing. I can't say that. Yeah. Erasing, Um, So then I was trying to do, then I said, hey, you know, maybe do something Will Smith did. So I'm like listening to Will Smith and um, trying to figure it out. <laughs> so so I, I was never able to express, ah, you know, I, I'm happy with it because because things I would have said, it would have, it could have caused drama, right. you know. So I'm ha I'm happy with, you know, I have my 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 best song was Champions, mm -hmm. you know, nice positive song. Of two K, um, I remember that. Two K, I'm I'm really happy that that first album wasn't how I wanted it to be. <laughs> <laughs> That's for, why why do you think it? Why don't you you get mentioned with those guys? Like you know what I'm saying? Like you see, and and credit to those guys, of course. Yeah, but. Yeah, yeah. Why is it that we don't hear Meta's name when we talk like the uh, the rapping ball player? Well, we, well, I think it's a lot of reasons. Because one, like when I would do a song, sometimes uh, one, it wasn't what I wanted to say. But then two, it was um, sometimes I would just I would write it. I, I'm not a like a writer, right? So when you're when you're putting together an album, you have people like Eminem who can maybe write, but then you have people that come in and they get writers, right? I was one of those guys that probably should have had a writer. Mm -hmm. um, and then tell my story because people wanted to see me win. When I first came out as a rapper, the hoods was just like, you from Queensbridge, this is about to be fire. Okay. So it wasn't like they was hating, but then when, it, when my first song came out, it wasn't mixed. And then sometimes like, I wasn't really trying to rap, so I'll just go in the booth, I'll just spit, you know, one, one verse, even if I mess up, whatever, I'll just leave it, record it, put it out. Cause I'm like, I don't care anyway. I guess is what I said. <laughs> like, and then that type of music kept getting out. And then people like, yo, what are you like? They're not, they used to hear Lil Wayne sonically, right? They used to hear like Jay Z sonically, everything sound tight. But my stuff is coming out like half ass. Yeah, right. So I get it. Um, but you know, I think in terms of a rapper, you know, I don't know if, you know, I was, I was talking, of, I was saying things that people wouldn't say back in 2000. You saw Iverson. <laughs> I was gonna say I was say he he caught some flack for the uh, the the forty bars. Uh, yeah, yeah, forty bars. Good. I mean, I was saying things before I was signing contracts. You know, what I mean, I wasn't. Some people will wait. They sign a contract, then, and then they want to yeah. talk, talk that hood. When right. I, I was bringing it. I was bringing talking it all along, the whole time. Right. You know what I mean? Right. And I think that type of stuff, you know, don't get don't get recognized enough. But but you know that's like when I was twenty nineteen right yeah 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 twenty one <laughs> you know and, yeah a little bit different uh, <laughs> yeah a little bit different so yeah. do you keep up with any like the uh, like Miles Bridges Anthony Edwards Damian Lillard of course uh, Marvin Bay you keep up with any like the, the the ball playing rappers now 
I love them. I really, I really love it because I feel you could do it. Like I feel, I feel if you really focus on it, you could do it. It just it's different from being a baller rapper versus a rapper because when you're a baller rapper, you're a baller first. Exactly. <laughs> That's it. Because it, it, period, yeah. Period. Because it takes 14 hours to really complete a song. I'm talking about from recording to engineers to writing to receiving the email, your MP3, listening to it to to revisals, and it takes that long to do one song. Then it might take a couple more hours to complete it. Features, other things, you know, if it's live or not. You know, and then you after you do your records, you're talking about doing a hundred records for ten songs. I got five hundred songs. Mm, I got five hundred. Yeah, that's how long I was talking. This is like in the middle of my career, so I was literally in the studio to two a.m., three a.m. Getting you know, and then going to practice. Like, <laughs> right? You know what I'm saying? Like, Burn it on both ends. Yeah, it don't work like that. So then I had to really say, okay, I'm not dealing with that. Some people are talented enough, but then if you want to be like a rapper and you got you to do shows, you got to go do radio tours, you got to do all that stuff. So I'm saying like you can do it, but don't expect, you know, to be as big as the rappers are now. Right. Um, and Shaq, Shaq is ex- exceptional. Shaq is exceptional, mm-hmm. you know. But I'm saying do it. You should, I mean, people want to do it, do it. But just like put ball first and then find a, find a lane that you can rap, put it out and don't have too much expectations of like selling right. millions of records or whatever. Right, like do it more more for you than for, you know, fame or numbers, anything like that. Yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah. So you, yeah, you sure. had your hand in music. You were all, you know, dancing with the stars, celebrity big brother. I got is it any bad blood there from celebrity big brother? Cause I feel like if, like if somebody gonna evict me out the house, we gonna have some bad blood. <laughs> big brother was fun, man. Like big brother was, um. It was stressful. It was fun and stressful. Like when I got, when I left my home, they picked me up. They bring me to a hotel for three days. Uh, meanwhile, the real Big Brother, you're in the hotel for three weeks, okay. right? Three weeks before you even get to the big house. We did three days. When you get to the hotel, they take your phone. They mm-hmm. take your phone, and then they leave you with a book to read or something to write on. And that's it. That's it. Then when you leave the hotel and go to the actual big house, you can't write, no paper, no pens, um, no reading, no books. Not that, John. Lockdown. <laughs> Lockdown. It was crazy. Like, it was a really good experience. I'm glad I did it, man. I did a lot of shows that I'm really happy with. Who uh, who else was in the house, the Celebrity Big Brother house with you? I was with Ariadne Gutierrez, Miss Columbia. I was with um, Keisha Pulliam, uh, Rudy yeah. Huxtable, a.k.a. Rudy. Um, I was with uh, Chuck Liddell. I was with uh, James Maslow. I was with um, uh, a bunch of people, a bunch of people. You still <laughs> talk to any of you? still keep in touch? Sometimes, Omarosa, but sometimes uh-huh. we, were, we used to like speak a lot, but then I, as, the, as the years came on, we yeah. stopped communicating. Yeah, you know, like every day we used to be like on the text. <laughs> <laughs> right. That's a great so what, people. So what? So you enjoyed like the reality TV experience? Like, how was the Dancing with the Star? Dancing with the Stars was great. I mean, it was like when I was doing all that stuff. This is I was like, yeah, this is like what I really want to do. You know, I really want to do like entertainment. I, I, I mean, I've been rapping and I've been 
always trying to be funny. I, I love that. I love basketball entertainment. Like, so it was, it was something that I was like, I was really grateful for. Um, but it was a lot of work though. Like I wasn't yeah. going to practice. Like you had to, <laughs> you had to practice for like five hours. And I had Peter, she was my partner. And then, yeah. you know, some days are just like, I don't know if I can go to practice today. <laughs> right. Yeah. So I just ain't got it today. Five hours, five hours of dancing. Yeah. So uh, yeah. I suffered, you know, <laughs> and then oh, when we went to the, I was the first one eliminated. When we went to the show live on television, so we going through our routine and then her zipper gets caught in my jacket. So we literally live, nobody even knew this. We, we live trying to um, unzip, un, unhook. Unconnect, unhook. Yeah. It was crazy. Well, everything went wrong and we just <laughs> dancing and we were supposed to move away from each other at one point, but we had this connected. Yeah. So we like dancing, trying to move. And then I got, and I unhooked it. <laughs> it was crazy. Yeah, they should have gave y'all some like bonus points for that. They nobody knew. Nobody knew. Nobody That's knew. How they uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to be on the show that long anyway. That's a lesson. That was a lot of work. Yeah, because it's like you said, five hours a day, and then you going weeks and weeks and weeks and months into that. So I, I, I understand. It's it's a it's a, it's a it's a lot of work, like to to do entertainment. Television, it, certain things I like to do, but a couple, right. even with um, Big Brother, I was trying to get off the show in the room. I'm like, yeah, yeah, keep your money. Just somehow make up a story where I can't come on television, <laughs> right? <laughs> and then they was like, no, we already mentioned you all in the marketing. I said, all right, cool, we can do that. So I said, okay, what about when I get in the house, let me be the first one voted out. Right. So I'm talking to all the people. So meanwhile, this is the first day I'm saying, hey, if any of y'all vote me out, I'll give you a vote, <laughs> right? <laughs> so everybody was keeping me in. I was on. I was in the house for 21 days. So I'm stressed in the house by the, by the fifth day. I'm stressed because the first two people gone, I, I was promised that I was going to get evicted. So then, then I started yeah, playing. Gone. Then I started playing the game. I started evicting people. Like, get out of here! You out of here! You out of here! <laughs> <laughs> so you know what I'm saying? You said three, you, you say 20 something days? 21 days. 21 days. I was right there. I could have won too, but I, I could have, I'll say two, three more days. People thought I would have won. Yeah, people you, thought I would have won. Would you do it again or you, one time was enough? <sighs> Big brother. Uh, I, I, mean, I would rather like produce the show. I would, that's what I would like to do. Okay. I've been on shows, and now I'm 41, so now it's time to produce. <laughs> okay. I'll, I'll I, would say produce, I would love to produce yeah. a bit, brother. <laughs> okay. Yeah. What, what is next for you? We won't keep you too much longer, but what is you get? You've done the music. I saw you said you want to do some coaching. So what? Uh, what, what is next for you? Well, I mean, I'm in sports, and you know, I've been blessed to have opportunities. You know, um, people always ask me, "What's next? What are you doing? What are you doing?" <laughs> it's like, so I started this company. Um, our test management group, okay. uh, C Corp, and then you know management company, right? So then we, I wanted to manage athletes. I remember my last couple of years, we were starting to manage athletes. Um, so then I developed a company called Intrinsic, which is a, these are all like separate companies with different mm -hmm. uh, founders and CEOs that run those companies. Mm -hmm. Like Intrinsic, we have um, Canelo Alvarez is our biggest client at Intrinsic. Um, we do tax accounting. Okay. Uh, Bill A, all that stuff. 
we got we had Larry Sanders, we had Tark Black, we have them actually. Mm. I don't think we have Larry anymore. But then we got like real estate developers. I, I started the company with a lady six, seven years ago. Um, so I like that company. Um, then we just launched the agency together. Well, actually, um, I don't have the agency. The company does has a two agents. So we will be starting to go after the players. Okay. Like basketball, I'm guessing, or all boxing, boxing, basketball, and football. Okay. Gotcha. Yeah, boxing, basketball, and football. And then um, I have a um, then we have a separate marketing company called Seamless uh, Marketing that we just launched with three partners. Okay. Um, in their respective areas. So we'll be doing like in-house marketing. And uh, then we have a separate uh, tech company, which we have different investors for and different um, partners that run the company. And that's actually Experts Exports. Had, um, it's really cool. That, this company has been fun. This is where I'm at the most because I coach here. Okay. Um, so that's the way I'm like, I spend most of my time with Experts Exports, coaching, practice, film, everything. So that's just fun. Um, and, you know, so uh, so that, that's cool. And then after Xverse Exports, you know, gets off the ground and does well, maybe we'll look at, you know, starting another tech company, um, partner with my son, uh, with my kids. We all partner. We all do something different. My wife, we all partner. You know, my son is a um, computer science major, 3D design and development. He just got hired into it. So he's launching his own tech company. Um, that's what's up. Yeah, so you know, it's like that's that type of stuff is cool. Um, and we just started like in house sponsorship, in house partnership, PR, we could paid ads, paid advertisement, um, content creation. This is this is stuff I really like to do. And just and the reason I got into it was when I was trying to build and get with brands when I was in the league, I didn't have enough creativity, you know, like I wanted to do different things, and brands would say no. They come with these ideas, I'm saying, but that's not me. Right. So um, it takes a lot to like launch your own product as a professional athlete, because once again, you don't have that much time, right? So you could just sign with a brand, like, you know, that's good, good yeah, money. Put your name on it, yeah. You could do that, that's good money. Or you can launch your own brand. You can launch your own telco company, you can launch your own sneaker company, you can launch your own production, but it takes time. You're gonna have to market it, you're gonna have to hire, hire a team. So that type of stuff, I wanted to learn, like, how do you do all this? How do you actually do it? Right. You know, so I spent my last couple of years just learning and, you know, not taking any deals, no revenue, just strictly learning the process on, on how to build, you know, a company, right. um, and then sell it. Um, but the thing, you know, I have my own company, but then, you know, we also have, um, uh, you know, the sponsorship deals, sometimes those come in, so we still work right. with other companies right. also. So, you know, it's been that, that's 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 pretty been pretty much it. It's doing okay. a little bit of that, a little bit of that. Also, yeah, you so you staying busy, get get your hand in and a little bit of everything from the sound yeah. of it. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, just doing any I like to do things that I can stay home too. You know, I, I like to do things <laughs> where you know I don't really have to if it's not coaching, mm. like I would leave what I'm doing. Uh, I would leave it for coaching, head coaching. Right. right. <laughs> Not to say, um, like for, for an assistant coach, I would do that for free. Like all somebody has to do is call me, fly me out, and I'll just come. Like I'll, I, just, I love it. But to stop doing what I do, I would love to head coach. Head coaching is fun. Because at this point in my life, I want to do things that's fun. You know, and I don't like to be away from my family that much. So I try to do things that keep me, you know, home, mm -hmm. um, 
as much as possible, uh, unless it's head coaching for a couple teams. I'm not going to mention. Okay, I was going to say, you know, I was gonna say what le- at the NBA level, college level, where are you trying to? Where would you like to coach at? As many different levels I would coach at. As many different things that make me happy. Um, there's a couple of junior college jobs, uh, specific schools that I like. Mm. A couple of low D1 schools that I like. Um, and there's a, there's a couple high D1 schools that I like. And then it's also some NBA teams <laughs> that I like. Sure. Okay. So <laughs> keeping your options open. It's just not the time. You know, I, I always wait until like a job opens. Right. And then I'll just say, hey, I want it, but I don't really do anything. <laughs> I, I don't really do anything to get the job. Like I'm not taking an assistant coach route. Right. You're not you not campaign or anything for it. Yeah. I'm not campaigning. I just say, hey, I just tweet it. Hey, I would love that job. I'd <laughs> like that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I, I can do that. I, I can definitely do it. But right. it's not anything like, you know, um, a lot of great coaches in the NBA. So I, I still sure. enjoy watching it. I enjoy for watching sure. For sure. Uh, get a couple questions. I'd like to ask everybody, and we'll, we'll let you out here. We appreciate your time, of course. I like to ask people, what uh, – what non all star? Like, was there like a non all star or like a role player, somebody that you, used to just give you trouble? Like a non all star guy that was like, man, this guy is just, I either can't stay in front of him or he can, he's staying in front of me. Was anybody like that? Uh, yeah, when I first got in the NBA, it was guys that would play well because they were pros. And I was a rookie. So it was like, right. you know what I mean? So it don't even matter. Yeah. I always talk about Sean Lennon. He's one of, I remember his game. I remember watching his game and just like really putting it on repeat. Like looking at his post game, I'm like, mm. okay. You know, you don't have to be a star to to get buckets, you know? To contribute, yeah. Yeah, you don't have to be a star. So I was looking at that because when I was guarding, he would hit these shots. He would fade from the post. <laughs> and then I started to look at Big Dog. Big Dog, but Big Dog was an all-star. Glenn Robinson, um, yep. Yeah, he was an all-star. He was, just, he was killer on the post. But then, I mean, you look at some guys like um, guys that really that stand out to me. Anthony Johnson stands out. Mm-hmm. Um, he, you know, played like an all star, <laughs> you know, but he didn't get the minutes because, like, you know, you had Jamal Tinsley in front. Then you had right. me and Jermaine that's taking up a lot of the time. Right. But when Anthony Johnson would get into the game, he'd come in, hit the mid range, got defense, you know, he was a hell of a player, but just wasn't like, no, looked at as a star. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Wasn't looked at as a star. But yeah, yeah. yeah. A couple other guys too. But mm-hmm. okay. what the, was there anybody that made you realize like the end was coming? Oh yeah. Uh, <laughs> um yeah, once I, I was in the end of my career, and this is when uh, Grant um Grant's son, the one that's playing well in the NBA. What's his name? Oh, uh, Jeremy. Jeremy Grant. Yeah, yeah Jeremy uh, Grant, man. This guy, I was going up for a layup, and he swapped my shot from behind. And, you know, normally I could just go up, and I don't got to worry about who behind me. But right. he think there. And I remember I remember being so mad that he blocked my shot and wanted <laughs> to go back at him. But it's just like, you know, I'm older, and I can't really, like, <laughs> do it right. at this point. Right, you know, if he was really twenty-four, like, you would have got him back. But. Well, you know, and I wasn't touching the ball a lot like that. At that point, I was older, so I was more like coming in for two minutes, right? You know, maybe five minutes, you know, stuff like that. <laughs> um, that was Jeremy. Yeah. yeah, I remember. I remember him, and he's playing so well. 
Definitely. Playing Definitely. very well. Uh, and uh, last question before we let you go. Do you remember how much your first NBA paycheck was? No. Um, no I don't remember. I'm assuming it was like, I don't even know, honestly. Okay. Do you remember what you, you remember the first thing you bought for yourself with it? First thing I got for myself? Probably, probably wasn't for myself. It was probably for my family. To tell you the truth. I was to say, yeah, everybody says they get stuff, but I wonder what was the first thing that you said? I want was it a car, or a chain, or whatever it was that you was like, I want. Well, this I, was really, I was always pretty simple, man. Like my first car that I was looking at was a caravan because, like, when I was in um, college and leaving, I was leaving high school. I was trying to get one of the car, uh. so I was looking at you know cars that cost like fifteen grand, you know. <laughs> Something like that, and then um, when I was looking at it, um, <laughs> when I got to the NBA, I said, "Okay, I'm gonna pay forty grand." So I was gonna get a caravan, mm. and um, th- then someone convinced me I should buy a better car, <laughs> and then it was down after that. <laughs> I should have just stuck to my guns. <laughs> what kind of, what'd you get instead of the caravan? I got a suburban. Uh, I got a black. It, it was kind of cool, man. Just being nineteen years old and able to buy a car. Like, yeah, it was. It was, was kind of cool. Um, you know, um, that was the first thing I got myself. But then the first thing I did was I went back to my neighborhood and redid my mom's apartment. Hmm. It was That's in. Right. Hood. It was like a condo in the hood. We just we just redid everything. It was it was stupid, but it was it was definitely stupid. But we did it. <laughs> I, was, I know. I mean, I know it felt good to do, and I'm sure she loved it. It was cool, yeah. It was like nice couches, TVs, new bedroom, new beds everywhere. Um, <laughs> we should have just moved out. We should have just moved out. <laughs> right. But For hey, sure. she was living though. She was living life. Sure. Yeah. <laughs> Meta Sander for our test, man. Thank you so much for taking some time and dropping by the lounge. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Of course, man. Looking forward to uh I mean, you got your hand in everything, so we'll, we'll keep our ears open to, to see what's next. You got an open seat in the lounge anytime. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. Thanks, man. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks for stopping by the Legends Lounge, brought to you by the National Basketball Retired Players Association. Give us a follow on Twitter at NBA Legends Lounge, and be sure to subscribe and rate the Legends Lounge with me, True Withers, on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you.